0: This is a Cortez Radio news update. Cortez Island is at drought level 4. There have been worse dry periods in the instrumental records, much worse according to a University of Victoria study of tree ring data, and most likely more severe droughts in the years to come.
1: Summer is typically a very dry time of year for the island as well as for the Gulf islands. But the problem is that because we didn't get those spring rains, we're basically starting at a level that's lower than what it would be within a typical year. So a typical year, the streams kind of start a bit higher, there's a bit more base flow, a bit more rain, and then they drop as as that hot, dry summer proceeds. In this summer, because we didn't get those spring rains, now we're starting from a lower level
0: said Ashley Jollymore, a hydrologist with the Water Management Branch in Victoria. Some of Cortez Island's shallow well owners are approaching a critical point. John Preston framed this in terms of the island's aquifer.
2: When we moved to Cortez 18 plus years ago, a dear architect friend who looked over this property for us, it had a very shallow garden well, that was it. And he said, you will need water. I said, okay, we'll drill a well. And he said, please do not drill a well. Please have a high quality surface well. He said, every well we drill now ultimately weakens our long term water aspect. And so we listened to that and I made a decision not to drill. And so we have a $10,000 quality 27 foot surface well with 11 rings, clay, gravel, it's filtered and it produces beautiful drinking water. And it keeps us secure most of the year. And so that looked like a good call because above us up the hill, there was a marshland and there is a marshland in the winter but it used to be full year when we moved here. It is no longer full year. You can now walk on it in the summer and this has come as quite a surprise to our small locale because we had a swamp area that looked like it would infinitely supply surface wells. It is going dry in the summer now. For the last five summers or so, from July to September, end of September, we have to be very, very careful with water. Um, if we leave a uh, faucet running or um, we overwater, Uh, a piece of garden, the, the well can go dry. And it takes time to recharge. And there's always the danger that if you do that too many times, you won't recharge. And that's what's happened to other of our neighbors now. So we've been in this situation, seen it for some years, but through water management, it has been okay. It could fail tomorrow or it usually fails in August. We're four weeks early in our water deprivation. And there's a chance that our water deprivation will go longer into the fall than usual. And what that means for us is we may have to close down our business. Um, if our toilets won't run, we can't function. We have to have very clear hand washing and toilet use. So it's, a, it's an issue for us, has to be attended this year. And that's where we're at, you know? The other option is for about $12,000, we can drill a well as we originally intended, but we will punch the aquifer and we will be putting all our chips on the fact that hopefully the aquifer won't fail, but it would give us consistent water without the the worry, which is also a consciousness, right? I've talked to some of my neighbors who made this decision also 20 years ago, very consciously to do the catchment, the water storage, they do not drink their water, they either boil or bring in drinking water. They conserve their all their grey water for their plants. And it is a meditation. And they were prepared
3: for it. It's actually quite a wonderful story. Uh, 31 years ago, we had had, I believe it was Robbie Drydigger, come and try and dig a well.
0: Said Christian Schofield Sweet.
3: He had discovered that we did have fresh water, running over a lens of hard pan and he had gotten down as far as his backhoe arm could reach and had come up to the cabin asking could he dig a platform and actually drop the backhoe the next level and all the while we're having this conversation we're standing in the rain and John and I kind of looked at each other and looked up at the trees and went why aren't we just using the water that's here? And so we decided then, when we first came in 1990, I think it was 91 by the time we were actually having that conversation, that we would have cisterns and we would have rainwater only. And we wouldn't dig. We made some good, completely innocent decisions. We built three cisterns of concrete. And one of the advantages of that is that it's possible to let one empty and clean it while you still have water in the others. All three cisterns hook together so you can drain the big one into the small ones, which overflow into the the smallest one. Another advantage we didn't know about when we first moved to the island was that, of course, the hydro, certainly 30 years ago, went out way more frequently than it does now. And the cisterns are gravity feed if you need them to be. So you always have water. You can always access it. We also, again, kind of by accident, because our land was sloped in that area, dug down about a third of the size of the cistern is actually below ground level. So the water always stays cold. Those were things that we didn't actually learn from anybody so much as the water in the land just showed us that would make sense. And it's piped up to the house underground So we've never had an issue of the water freezing. Um, And of course, at that time, we didn't know about climate change, and we didn't know that rainwater would become an issue. We are, if anything, more pleased now that we have that system, rather than feeling anxious and alarmed that somehow we've misjudged and we're going to run out of water. We have about 7,000 gallons, maybe a bit more, in all three tanks total. We collect the water from the main house roof and also from the cistern and shop roofs. They all have pipes leading into pipes that bring it to the cisterns. We do, I have to underline, get one gallon jugs of water from the Gorge Marina. Thank you so much. And we have that for drinking water or we boil water for drinking water only. The rest of it is straight rainwater and we have a sand and charcoal filter that it runs through, but we don't have a filter that would accommodate removing um, fecal coliform from birds, for example. So that's why we either fill a jug of water and four or five gallons at a time. That lasts quite a long time and it's only your drinking water. And we boil the rainwater for tea and coffee and all those good things. And in 31 years, we've never been had any kind of, of water-related sickness. I mean, we pay attention. I think that's the thing I'm trying to underline in everything I'm describing, is that it requires us to pay attention. And what a, what a wonderful lesson that is. Kind of wake up, notice what you're using and how you're using it.
0: One of her small cisterns was dry, and the water level is now low in the 2nd, but the 3,000-gallon cistern is untouched. So Kristen Schofield-Sweet and John Shook could comfortably go through a few more months of no rain, if needed. Most of eastern Vancouver Island is at drought level 4, but there are still places where it's only two. Campbell River is among them. As hydrologist Ashley Jollymore explained...
1: Campbell River itself is kind of a town to because a lot of it is fed by a big lake or it's actually regulated. There's the John Hart dam that's on that system. So it's a really tough one to say how dry it is because a lot of those levels are actually not natural levels. They're actually regulated by those, that dam system. A good one that we do look at is the oyster river, which is just a little bit further south of that. That's that one is an unregulated site. So that's just the natural flows.
0: Vancouver Island has gone through drier periods in the past. The worst droughts in the historical record set the bar for drought level five. However, our climate is changing. So CKTZ News asked Jollymore, what can we expect in the future?
1: The projections for climate change say that precipitation is a really tough one to forecast, not only in even our short-term, like our 10-day forecast, is tough to forecast, it's tough to forecast over a longer scale. But what the kind of climate change science is telling us is that that those instances of precipitation could be more chaotic in the future. And when I say that, I mean, we might get the same amount of rain, but it could perhaps come as a few storms as opposed to smaller storms over a longer period of time. So just that to say, the climate change projections for precipitation come with a a lot of uncertainty relative to the projections for, for example, temperature.
0: A few years ago, a University of Victoria study of tree ring data found that BC has gone through 16 droughts, exceeding anything in the more recent instrumental record. One of the study's co-authors, Dr. Bethany Coldhart, Explained.
1: All of us up to this point have been using instrumental, that shorter 50 or 60 year instrumental snapshot of what is a worst case scenario drought. And that snapshot doesn't show us how severe droughts can be. And for that reason, we are underestimating how severe a natural drought would look. The other important point is that when you look at how severe the droughts can get in the system, and then you add climate change on top of that, and land use change on top of that, when one of these extreme events does happen, with that additional pressure from land use change and climate change, it would be reasonable to anticipate that that drought could be worse than anything we reconstructed in the past 350 years.
0: Jolly Moore was familiar with this study and the idea that B.C. will go through a megadrought
1: I think when we get into the mega drought situation, what we're really looking at is multi-year precipitation deficits. So multiple years in which we don't get the rain, we don't get the snowpack for those areas that need the snowpack, and that persists over a long period of time. So the, those, those mega droughts really occur kind of on a multi-year scale. So if situation of those precipitation deficits continue to persist over the winter, for example, and into next year, into the year after. That's when I think those kind of mega drought type of definitions kick in. So hopefully we don't get there. There are parts of North America, though, where there's evidence that we are in or approaching maybe perhaps some of those mega drought kind of situations, thinking about Southern California.
0: You've been listening to John Preston and Christine Schofield Suite talk about coping with a Level 4 drought on Courtier's Island, as well as scientific discussions by Dr. Ashley Jollymore and Bethany Colhart